Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their inceptions and origins to their current popular culture incarnations. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined today by Leonard. How are you doing, Leonard? I'm good. I'm good. Other than the crying cat that everybody who's listening to this podcast can hear in the background. <laughs> it's okay. Podcast pets, they're the way to go. Sometimes. Yes, but, but, <laughs> but my boy is, is a bit insistent. Mm. Well, we'll see what we can do in, in post to uh, mitigate his neediness. Um, yes. Well, today is a it's an anniversary of sorts, almost almost to like maybe a week uh, off of the day where we started our descent into the Legativerse. Yes, I can't believe uh, that it has in fact almost been a year since uh, we started this uh, little journey. Um, once again, time dilation and the nature of my work means that I have. I have no concept of time anymore. So I had just assumed that, well, yeah, we probably like started this in January and like are wrapping it up. Nope. It's just, it's been a year. Yeah, been a year of the wonderful, uh, <laughs> feel good writings of one Thomas Legotti. I'm, I'm a little sad to see it go. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's been a, it's been a time. Um, yeah. This is the final episode of, at least, at least of Songs of the Dreamer and Grim Scribe that we were covering, uh, we yes. may at some point return to the Legativerse just because it's it's that darn good. Uh, but for now, we will uh, we will let it go into its good night, but not without finishing up the last of the Grim Scribe tales. This will be the the only entry in the section um, entitled "The Voice of Our Name" and the particular story. Is the shadow at the bottom of the world? Yes, it's a it's a fitting ending to I think Grimscribe, and also what it does is it's not um, it's not overly dense. It, uh, I would have liked it a little bit longer um, just for our purposes, but the story itself works really well. Um, it is not there's room to read into it, but you're not. I don't feel like there's a struggle to connect with it as there were with a few of the stories that we covered. Very few. Um, where we just didn't jive with it on initial read. This was a, a more innocuous one to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, is that is that how you came across it as well, Leonard? This story specifically, um, the threat is still nebulous and existential, but it's given a very familiar shape. Um, as we'll get into when we discuss it out of all of the stories that at least as you've said the one recent ones that we we've read this one is would probably be the easiest to adapt into like a short film or like a tv episode than than the other ones there are uh less heady concepts uh, like I said, the threat remains existential to a degree, but is is eventually transmuted into a shape that is very familiar to all of us. And uh, it, it has a clear beginning and an ending um, that is essentially unambiguous. So yeah, I would say 
out of all of the stories that we've we've gone through recently this one is the from a baseline is really accessible to anyone who's a fan of literature it is and there's also a um a hint of what this brings in in so much other particularly horror media Mm -hmm. uh you can find tastes of this in in especially a lot of 80s films um like the pit or yes. the, gate, the gate works too mm-hmm. um to a to an extent um i this also reminded me of don coscarelli's phantasm series phenomenal series yes. that we do need to cover but uh this does some of that I, I liked it more because of that. Like again, those um, those other referential draws adds some flavor and accessibility to like some of these stories. Like they mm-hmm. n- none of this exists in a vacuum, and then kind of seeing where one may have informed the other uh, just works really well. And even if they didn't, uh, they're in they're in the very same wheelhouse. So. Um, if things like this particular one um, strike your fancy, there are other media um, that echo a lot of its sentiments. Or yes. there's a, there's a, another film, um, I guess, very specifically would be uh, The Scarecrow. Scarecrows? It's Scarecrows would be the title of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to a certain extent, this one plays more with the idea of a... an an evil maybe um that dwells within the heart um or specifically beneath the heart of a town uh and and it's it's not it's a cycle of some unknown time period it's not annual because they would have noticed something like long before this one particular year um that right. happens but it definitely has that feel to it, and it's and on all of the uh, allusions to fall. Um, it's timely because it's now, in theory, it's it's beginning, it's becoming fall here. Uh, yes, I'm in the the deadly desert, so there's no fall. There's just heat, flames. Yes, and I I live in California, and there are only two seasons, which is rain and hot. So, yes. Fall is is a non-existent concept here. It is. It's yeah. But once upon a time, I was in the the Midwest where it's it's a very clear seasonal delineation. Mm-hmm. Here, it just became slightly more tolerable to be outside. <laughs> yeah, that's about all you get. Uh, we we do not have a um, a specific narrator. This is. Nope it's taking a step back and kind of giving you uh, a feel for the occupants of the town in a, in a way that I think um, Ligotti explored much, much earlier um, within um, songs of a dead dreamer when we kind of get to some of the towns there and it's the, the town itself is the character and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what's going on here. Yeah, so, it's uh, a it's an what, attack what? on a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is 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 essentially the main focus 
uh, of of this story, which uh, in and of itself uh, is is was instantly reminiscent of things like the Twilight Zone to me, because that's a that's a topic that is explored in depth in in a lot of episodes of that show. Uh, yeah, yes, and that was actually I think it was I was beginning to watch as we did this small tangent, um, getting to watch uh, episodes from season one of The Twilight Zone. And I had mm-hmm. seen them before, but never like sat down in its entirety and just watched the show. Uh, they mm-hmm. would always be like a rerun, or maybe it would pop up in a class or something, just as a, a reference point. And there's uh, there's an episode where a um, he's an insurance he's a salesman of some sort, I think. No, he's an office worker. It doesn't matter. Uh, he He's going to go... He's taking a break from work. He's being driven crazy at work, so he decides to take a trip back to his hometown that he hasn't been to in 20 years. And when he goes back there, um, there's, a, there's a bit of the old uh, time travel where as he's going, walking down the road, his, his car breaks down, and he's like, oh, how far is it to the town? And it's, it's, it's within walking distance, so he takes a little jaunt, and his jaunt enters him into of course the twilight zone but um it it puts him back to his childhood Um, he's still an adult man but uh the the town itself is is as he remembered it um from when he was a child Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a bit of that um uh causality and some timey-wiminess where he ends up altering events for his his younger self uh, mm-hmm. And then and then meets with his father, who ultimately recognizes him. But um, to, to the direct point, the town itself is the character in the film, and the community uh, r- comes together to realize uh, at, a, at a certain key point that this man like doesn't belong, even though he's technically one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's that sort of moment where you have a character who's an an outsider for all intents and purposes, and the entire town like turns to look at them. Yes, and that that sense of it's not community, but that sense of town as like an organism mm-hmm. um, is what's happening in in this because this town as an organism is has gotten sick. It's decaying. Yes. Um, yes, it's just that idea um, is, I think, a really solid draw for the for the story itself. Right. Um, and the decay itself is is uh, not the usual uh, decay that one would expect in a story uh, such as this. Uh, the decay is is actually a a stagnation, a a moment in time that is stretched unnaturally long and is causing the concern in the town. And it is focused on a field that um, exists just outside of town. I did have a problem kind of visualizing the town because they uh, there's a lot of mention of the townspeople in their homes looking at the field. So I was unable to determine whether the field uh, was flanked by the town on all sides or just existed slightly outside of town. But the way the town was constructed, most of the uh, inhabitants could see the field from their own homes. I think the latter is 
how it felt to me when it's being described. Okay. Uh, and then here, here's the segment where they kind of get to the, the heart of the field, really. And during the overcast hours of the following day, we could not keep ourselves from visiting the place around which various rumors had hastily arisen. As pilgrims, we wandered into that field, scrutinizing the debris of its harvest for our girl signs, circling that scarecrow as if, it were, as if it were a great idol in shabby disguise, a sacred avatar out of season. And yes. that, that sense, that out of season sense, um, plays more as like out of ease mm -hmm. um, instead of out of season because the things that happen is technically in season um uh unseasonably warm uh as it might be for their their soil yes well the it, it's interesting because the way that i i interpreted it uh was that everywhere else except for the field was starting to to shift into autumn and uh, and eventually winter and that there was something still summery about uh the field itself uh they make mention constantly of how the ground hasn't cooled how it's still warm um the later on in in the story in the the uh trees themselves there uh, i think i think it's it's a fair point to get this out out of the way right now but the story um almost feels like a spiritual sequel to uh the color out of space uh yeah that's given. the vibe that this kind of gives uh this is creepier yes yes it is um but which is, yeah, which is it, a lot it, to say because color out of space is pretty creepy <laughs> yeah uh but it has it, it feels like Oh yeah, what hap What would have happened? It what happened if they didn't just flood the blasted heath? What if uh, the, it was abandoned and then like, oh I don't know, a couple of decades later another town settled there and and blah blah blah. But once again, it's not a one to one comparison. No, uh, but there is is a feeling of that, especially in the latter half of of the story where we have already discovered what the issue is. Um, and the issue, <laughs> funny enough, uh, has a lot to do with the scarecrow uh, in the middle of the cornfield, uh, which, uh, once again, is some classic uh, creepy imagery fit for the season. Because uh, people... Oh, yes, go on. I was saying this also um, immediately, just when you said it that way, um, brought to mind the... the scarecrow death effigy puppet thing from salt and sanctuary oh yes 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 the 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 the, the island the god of the island yes who's also a scarecrow scarecrow <laughs> yes yeah is uh, um, really what this feels like yeah uh because hey surprise it's a creepy scarecrow that people have seen um moving uh unlike a scarecrow would move there's i believe there's a section where it seems like it's being uh it's being manipulated by uh a wind uh that doesn't affect any anything else uh surrounding it 
uh, indicating that it is actually just moving on its own. So when uh, the townspeople go to investigate it, uh, they run into the farmer who I, interestingly enough, uh, doesn't get a name. There's only one named character in the entire uh, story, and that would be one Mr. Marble, who seemingly knows more than everybody else about the situation. But when they reach the Scarecrow, the farmer and the townspeople rip it apart and discover that there's a blackened root system growing inside of it that has taken the shape of a man. Yes, and it is um it it's a it's a I think I pulled that point because it's a really good section I may not have. Yes, I did. Um it put it goes on to describe it, but I think I'll just pull the latter um part of it because the the other part is it's you'll see. As that sunless day began to dim, our vision was still held by that thing which dangled ominously in the dusk. Yeah, its composition appeared to be of the blackest earth, of earth that had gone stagnant somewhere in its depths, where a rich loam had festered into the bog of shadows. Soon we realized that each of us had fallen silent, entranced by a deep blackness which seemed to absorb our sight, but which exposed nothing to scrutiny except an abyss in the outline of a man. Even when we ventured to lay our hands on that mass of darkness, we found only greater mysteries for there was almost no tangible aspect to it, merely a hint of material sensation, barely the feel of wind or water, and it seemed to possess no more substance than a few shifting flames, but flames of only the slightest warmth, black flames have curled, that have curled together to take on the molten texture of spoiled fruit, and there was a vague sense of circulation, as though a kind of serpentine life swirled gently within, but no one could stand to keep his hold upon it for long before stepping away. Yeah, why are they touching the thing? Don't touch the thing. Because you because you don't know what it is. Like I no no reasonable per I mean, no reasonable person's gonna say, Well, that looks like a Lovecraft and not touch it. It's 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 it, clearly it must be fine. It it's it's emanating from the ground, so you know, it's probably just some <laughs> unknown plant root. Sure, although the best part of this was the line I didn't read, but we will <laughs> do it anyway, uh, because it's, it's talking about the system that's growing up into the, the Scarecrow. Um, all of this was supported by a thick, dark stalk, which rose from the earth and reached into the effigy like a hand into a puppet. Yep. <laughs> because the Scarecrow... Uh, was intended to be the death harbinger from the pit i guess yes, the, the the receptacle of 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 yeah of the shadow yeah, yeah there we go just call it the shadow yes and was going to go about its dark work but um it I guess by being discovered because they do the this is the old farmer like goes and grabs all of his sharp pointy things and hands them out and they try to they try to dismember the scarecrow but it's just not working the yeah bladed weapons are um 
they're like it's like striking tar it's not effective but yes uh, because it was discovered i guess it it ends up receding into the ground or just vanishing or what have you it doesn't, yeah doesn't give you the explanation but it it's not like it um it didn't just go away right um they it, do, yeah, they it, do cover the the pit that this yawning abyss with some boards and some dirt yeah <laughs> and just like yeah we, we won't talk about that anymore we don't don't go here kids um but that's not the end of it for uh the town because as no. you mentioned the town is, is is festering with this malignancy this autumnal decay that begins to manifest um throughout everything in the town um particularly like all the buildings and anything that's uh made of wood or organic um begins to kind of show faces will pop up in them and then just kind of mm-hmm. go away like they're just peeping at you mm-hmm. which uh which you know if if you're a big uh if you're a big lovecraft fan then there's probably a good chance that you're a big junji ito fan and man faces popping up in things where faces shouldn't be popping up in uh sure does uh sound like junji ito's work to me so there was a little bit of that crossover as well while reading reading this yeah yeah it's 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 good little segments and i don't think i pulled any of those just because they they didn't um they weren't necessary uh However, I did pull this one. This is a short one. So the town itself is uh, aware that something strange is kind of going on. Yes. Uh, The great shadow of a moonless night encompassed the landscape, preserving us from seeing the old farmer's field and what was tenanted there. And yet so many of the houses in town were in vigil throughout those dark hours. Soft lights shone through curtained windows along the length of each street, where our trim wooden homes seemed as small as dollhouses beneath the dark rustling depths of the season. Uh, I, I liked that that idea. Um, what that reminded me of is the 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 model um, town in Beetlejuice that's in the attic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is that is a good pull, um, yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, we this is this is after the initial discovery of the thing, and of course, the next, uh, of course, the night itself is moonless, and the next day the pit is discovered. Um, and I do actually appreciate that the farmer just straight up uh, produces an uh, an accurate analogy of. Uh, it's receded like something hiding in its shell. And I'm like, yep, there you go. Know that you, you kind of just hit the nail on the head there. And I appreciate like the lack of nebulous uh, um, theorizing because the the town itself is at the mercy of these events, but people aren't confused. They know what no, the yeah. source <laughs> Yeah, they're aware of it. They can, they can just do jack all about it, right? Uh, which is 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 significantly better than uh, the town where nobody knows what's happening and everyone's kind of going crazy from that. Everyone knows that what's going on in the field is bad. They just can't do anything about it, especially once uh, 
uh, it starts affecting their sleep and dreaming. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that section, again, I, I didn't pull anything from it, but um, it's, it's really good uh, because they it gives you that sense of community. They need that sense of community. They're talking about how uh, each of them is, uh, they're troubled by these like horrific nightmares, um, but they find solace in realizing that each of them is experiencing pretty much the same thing. So that further ties them together. And right. if, if, if like you aren't having those um, dreams, then, then, then that puts you as an outsider. Right. Um, but uh, the the events do seem to be taking their toll on one person uh, uh, specifically, mm -hmm. and that would be the aforementionedly uh, aforementioned uh, uh, mentioned. <laughs> wow, uh, Mister Marvel, um, yeah. who who is not who, he's he's a resident of the town, but he wasn't always like he's just moved there. Right, but seems to be significantly more aware and more uh, and well versed in what is going on than anyone else. He has a stronger connection to to what is occurring than than anyone else. Um, oh, there's also a, a, a very uh, unpleasant sense of of this shadow starting to creep into the residence uh that is mentioned uh, at some point <laughs> in the story um uh and is affecting everyone uh and the, the last point uh for uh the good old color out of space is that at the the height of whatever this incident is the uh all of the tree leaves on the trees uh, begin to produce a dull phosphorescence which yeah can't get any <laughs> um but uh this all comes to a head when a uh, mysterious figure begins stalking around town um and that mysterious figure is a now possessed Mr. Marble um, wandering around town carrying a knife. Yes, a, 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 I guess they dubbed it a sacrificial blade or some some such. Yes. Um, so Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. Marble is the town's knife sharpener. Like that's his yeah. job. So yeah. he just he does a good job he makes knives super sharp um and then they begin to notice something's a little off because he's doing his job but then is like in a daze while he's doing it mm -hmm. so he's he's slowly being like he he's he's sensitive to whatever the nature of this thing is he, he's right been talking about it for a while and then people just weren't listening to him um they're just writing it off as he's eccentric Yes, and they they the town um, discusses that maybe it should have been paying a little bit more attention to him um, because now all the things you were talking about are kind of like self evident. Uh, mm -hmm. But whatever his sensitivity was um, opened him up to become the the a stand in uh, for the scarecrow, right? 
which is also horrifying because that meant he was filled up with those earthy root things somewhere along <laughs> the way. Yes. Um, and and the fact that he's been possessed by the shadow uh, couldn't help but trigger uh, uh, memories of Alan Wake for me because uh, as anybody who who follows this podcast and follows my uh, outside YouTube work, I absolutely adore Alan Wake and the idea of a shadowy uh, entity force possessing uh, someone to uh, commit murders is right out of the Alan Wake playbook. And I have now I'm now convinced that someone at Remedy Entertainment is a big fan of Thomas Ligotti's work. <laughs> Yeah, this there's a lot going on for something that's like very straightforward. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's because it's pulling on a lot of little strings here and there. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so the the townsfolk are are rightly afraid of him. They they aren't trying to confront him. Uh, there's too much unknown. Uh, there, I think they've been conditioned and or scared for a little too long to to want to risk their own lives right in stopping him so you don't get a where we bring out the pitchforks and torches this is there it's too too much has happened to like let that be the solution right um, and he just kind of dances through the town uh potentially looking for a sacrifice yes is what it kind of talks about and uh people are close enough that they kind of overhear him he's like he's been like muttering to himself uh it it does the little um as you mentioned the finale of his dance um is to these like flares of light coming from within the leaves and He's just swathed in colors of the fall, but like literal colors. Mm -hmm. And then he disappears. Yes. And just walks out of town. Someone hears, they think they hear that he says, um, uh, any, any, any blood will do something to that effect. Um, mm. like I, I, I will sacrifice myself for the town, something like that. So he's, he's not fully like, being utterly controlled he's not dominated by whatever this force is it's just 95 percent of him um yeah when he when he they see him leave the town uh it's, it's as if he's like walking against a, a strong wind so he's forcing himself onward and out yeah uh, and it's that description specifically the 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 fact that he is muttering to himself and and isn't completely gone that is the real uh, Alan Wake tie to me because uh, if you're if anyone's familiar with that game all the uh, 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 antagonists possessed by the the dark presence as it's referred to in that game um, constantly mutter things mutter and scream things. Uh, to themselves and outward and it is just stuff that they said during their everyday lives it's just like it's the it's the dark presence just firing off 
random neurons in the brain while it's piloting this meat puppet body around so they just kind of scream and flail and and describe it anything that they did in their past uh lives uh which once again kind of cemented that connection to me mm. right then and there yeah it's a it's a strong imagery mm-hmm. um the townspeople find him i think the next morning um, yes they do, they do find his body um it has been he 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 used that sacrificial knife to um to gut his own arm uh and and bleed out um and they find of course that the the substance leaking from his body is that sort of dark loam um tendril inky blackness that everyone's like yeah we're not touching that <laughs> yep uh and the think they chuck him into the pit that's what it seems to indicate yeah uh, and they also mentioned that they well they mentioned that he's basically completely exsanguinated um yeah and that's all that's left is is that tarry black substance uh, and that he's nearly weightless that it is actually just a husk um what what remains of him is just a husk and that um yeah they they uncover the pit and chuck him in there um i really i do really like oh and more importantly that um with his sacrifice whatever weird stasis time lock has affected the town has ended um yeah the, the soil or everything is kind of returned the field is as it should be and not as it was uh yes. and the other the hole is still there and they're like well let's let's like get rid of it somehow and i think when they go to do that uh it might be the old farmer um but someone just drops a rock down and they just like listen and never hear it hit anywhere um all they hear is like the weird cicada chittering of whatever is in the hole and mm-hmm. they decide, yep, we can't. Yeah, we just. I think that's right when they decide to cover it up because they can't do yeah. anything about it. Um. Yep. And and man, that's a that's a really a really strong ending because it then just leaves you with a bunch of other questions. Like, uh, it, that in and of itself, like that ending right there, and the fact that the spilling of blood is what solves the problem. Uh, once again and the uh, constant allusions to sacrifices is is a uh is a big uh children of the corn uh kick in the pants i think uh that that it is a uh i like that you you mentioned that it's a cycle but clearly not an annual one so the last time this happened could have been like oh i don't know a millennia ago and that (laughs) that whatever entities inhabited this land way back then had to just you know sacrifice somebody lest the shadow at the bottom of the world (laughs) attempt to drive everyone crazy yeah and it's 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 interesting that it it in of itself was it seems like it was just out to like murder everybody Mm mm-hmm and any blood would do to like quell it yes but but i don't think it wouldn't have just like 
even if um, Mr. Marble had like killed one person, it wouldn't have stopped there. It, it, it needed to be like a willful sacrifice to, to like get it to stop. Otherwise, it just mm-hmm. would have like massacred everybody. Is is I think right. what it was implying. Okay. Yeah, it definitely has that "he who walks behind the rose" kind of <laughs> yeah feel about it. Yeah, I um again, I didn't go into this one and then have like a sour taste. Like this was really good, uh, and then just digging into it just gives it that little bit more of a punch. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to end out to end uh, the entirety of what Grim Scribe was. Yeah, like and like I I mentioned before, it's it's a it it is it is a, a it is a clear accessible story with an antagonistic element that is it, that is at the end of it not understood, uh, simply quelled. And uh, Pete, the the residents are left to pick up the pieces of of this event without any real closure, other than disposing of Marble's body and uh, the end of this weird uh, iridescent plant foliage nightmare. The other the other strong theme you get with this one, and I I just now thought about it. Uh, so it's an, um, inexorable fate, like whatever this thing is, it's just going to happen, uh, that people have no agency in this at all. Um, they don't solve it. They don't start it. It's just happening. It's just something that happens to you like a season might. Right. Yes. They can't, they, they have no way to stop it. They realize that. And are that's also why they're not really um, able to do anything with Mister Marble, who when he's going on his potential rampage, uh, because it might as well just be a tornado going to the town. Like that—that's that's the amount of um, agency they have over this. Uh, but that same idea that the, this entire um, anthology and then all of all of Ligotti's works itself—they're—they're they're heavily. Um, centered on entropy mm-hmm. and that's that is the like heart of this particular story yes it's like everything will decay and end and uh though this whatever it is is silenced for a little while it's it doesn't take away that it's still there right like, nothing yeah, exactly. is saying that oh the town's just back to normal everything's fine it's more like it's back to normal, but we now know that there's a horrible thing that lives in the earth, and mm-hmm. that it's just it's a question of when it comes back, and would there even be another um, uh, because if if they had not like poked the scarecrow, uh, and it had gone about its dark work, that would not have ended the same way because there's no um, sentience within the scarecrow to like make itself a sacrifice doesn't have any blood right so had it gone that way the town would have just been like wiped out so in in this it's slightly less of a horror movie except for now you just don't know when it's gonna come back right and so the town's gonna have to like try to arrange for 
people to sacrifice themselves. So that that this is like the origin story of the towns that become that way where they have a traditional thing and like, oh, we have to appease the corn god or yep. something. Um, this yep. is the beginning of that. Yeah, exactly. It, so that's it actually is... more like there's no happy ending. That's actually more frightening in that like f- framed that way. <laughs> yes, it is very much a uh, we're safe, but for how long? <laughs> situation. Yes, and and what and what links would we go to 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 maintain our our safety and sanctity? Right. So. Yeah, that's got another pleasant story on our hands. It's a, it's a trick. You think it ends in a, on a on an upbeat note, and nope, not really. Not if you think about it. <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't think it. I don't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it upbeat uh, story that ends with and then we threw his body into the bottomless pit, uh, <laughs> fatal frame, crimson butterfly style. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's more that the town is like safe again for however long. However long, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 and you know, once again, there because we don't know how much time like this cycle takes place over. It it doesn't seem like anybody in the town has observed this before. So they they by the haven't, time... but they're in more more in tune to whatever it is now that, that, that was the thing is that it, right. it, it awoke something in them that allows them to like perceive these horrible portents and signs right yeah so it might have actually just been something that was building up like it, it the, the, this this uh it it had been building uh and Perhaps if if there were more sensitive people to it, they would have, uh, like Marvel, but had been there longer, they would have been aware of it uh, much sooner. Yeah, and I do like the fact that Marvel is an outsider that brings with him that sensitivity. So, mm-hmm. d- like, did his arrival awaken this thing? Like, we don't have that answer. Um, it feels a little bit like this town is becoming the the town um from uh flowers of evil or something i don't oh yeah flowers what was it flowers of the abyss yeah i think it's flowers of the abyss which is actually like there is an abyss here um there are no flowers but that town was full of like psychic people Uh, you know what i dreamed together I was I was actually I actually um had the same exact thought when we were talking about the fact that everyone was having the same dream. So yeah, it does actually sound like possibly a prequel to that story too. That generations later we, we just got a town full of psychic people that are that are yeah. very sensitive to outsiders coming in and you would be if the last time an outsider came in like tried to murder your town. Right. Or is sensitive enough that like they try, they almost became a puppet um, of the dark god that resides in your town. There's a lot of through lines I think that you could put between those two. Um, however, in, in the case of the the former, um, the the stranger did specifically on accident um, bring those other dimensional flowers in that threatened the town. So right, 
the, so yeah it's not it's not a it's, one-to-one thing but it's thematically they're like very very close yeah uh, oh great you brought you know what this town already has a problem with like <laughs> outer dimensional entities and now you're gonna bring these gross flowers with you yeah you gotta go we gotta go you gotta go and we gotta we gotta burn this hey everybody everybody just so you know this is what what's going to happen if you don't burn this house and this this flower garden down don't let my death be in vain um yeah great it's great oh all of lagati's work is 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 pretty great even even the stuff that we don't that we kind of bounce off ourselves is still not bad work um yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, this this trip through through his writings. I must say, yeah, and it has um, it has inspired, of course, um, other works. Um, not always written. Um, that is usually the case, but we've, we've talked about a couple film things. Um, I did uh, uncover a. Um, it's a short film. Um, and this was released in 2006. It's on YouTube. I'll put a link to it um, in the notes, of course. But it's a, a short little, um, it's almost like a music video uh, directed by Charles yes. Schneider and featuring the band The Centimeters, which I've never heard of. And uh, will it, it's folk, spooky folk, neo-folk adjacent, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's good. The, the, the film is entitled Help is on the Way, and it's about six minutes long and is a fantastic uh black and white cinema it it, it it's more accessible than say um begotten which is not yeah, yes not um i i enjoyed watching it thematically it works it's hard to it's long and it's hard to sit through because it's also um it's just hard to visually see what's going on. Um, this mm. is far clearer. Um, it is. Um, I found it on a, um, a link to it on a message board in on theguardian.net, which is like a, it's a still existent site, but it's um, a lot of the threads are well from like 2007, so they're just ended threads or the links they point to are don't exist anymore. Um, but the comments on there uh, were pretty much on point. They the the people that watched the movie as it was linked to them were making comments such as um, it reminds them of uh, Carnival of Souls, uh, uh, old kind of expressionist films. Um, mm-hmm. It reminded me of a Smashing Pumpkins music video, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but slightly better. <laughs> Not that those were bad, but the, the, this is less. It's still kind of dreamlike, but it's all uh, it's very straightforward mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, the the costumes are really cool. So the the story that, <laughs> as, as, it, as it is, um, it centers on a uh, a young woman in an asylum and she's she wants out of there um her her lover is also um kept in this asylum eventually she she breaks free and using the help of 
woodland spirits um frees her boyfriend from the clutches of the terrible asylum or does she because that's the fun bit of any of this kind of story uh is deciding what things are happening and what things are happening in people's heads um, because it's it's ambiguous as to how these events actually play out um and being Lagadian in nature uh i the happy endings aren't a thing like yes they just don't happen um so like yeah, I I just found this this morning. Uh, we wanted a little bit of extra to kind of um, finish up uh, this episode, and it's a short film, so it, it fit the bill. Having had no prior knowledge of this, so what, what did you think of this one? Uh, it was, so um, it's it's. Uh... <laughs> No, uh, no slide against the centimeters, but this is it. This was something that I ended up watching twice. Uh, once with audio and once without, and it. I think it works for me personally significantly better. Uh, without the audio, um, it just isn't my kind of music, and uh, I'm 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 actually uh, sp- I'm actually uh sensitive uh to. Uh, auditory stimulation so hmm. if it's if if i'm listening to sounds that i'm i don't particularly care for it, it is actually helps detract and distract from from something that i'm watching visually so uh after the first one i was just kind of i was a little cold on it but then after watching it again muted i was getting a lot of that uh cabinet of dr caligari a lot Mm. of the expressionist films um and yes it is it is uh this this uh this patient is 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 our frame of reference and we and is an unreliable narrator which once again is pretty good for and pretty on par for Ligotti. Um, so yeah, I, I actually did end up liking it. Unfortunately, I had to like remove 50% of the stimuli from it in order to be able to enjoy it properly, I think. Yeah. And that's, I understand that fully. Um, and in light of like the specific style of the music the the music the the song itself is kind of it's doing the tale of what's happening on the screen as well right but um it is it is folk music uh it, um so yes there is a another british folk based band it's current 93 uh this is done by david tibbet who he's the front of the band um and anyone else in the band is just kind of rotated out over the years um they're still active they're still putting out music however the the last album and i don't know if that's the case for prior albums but the last the most recent album was the light is leaving us all which was done in 2018 um, did in fact have um, thomas Legati on it as a guest vocal um, oh nice one of the tracks and then equally as um relevant would be a a previous album 
Sleep has his house, which <laughs> which um the the tracks in um very closely resemble the soundtrack within um Sleep has her house, the movie we covered um slightly a few episodes previous um in, yes. during the uh, begotten episode and as the themes in a lot of these songs are all uh in the same vein as as Ligotti himself deals in which i think why he was doing some work with the the front man i say front man mm-hmm. just the, the the guy that does the band um yeah it's i enjoy the music Mm-hmm. However, it it is a very much like can't listen to this for more than like an album or a couple of tracks mm-hmm. um, to me be- because it is that same. Uh, it's almost uh, particularly the light is leaving us all is almost a um, spoken word. Ah, uh, okay. Kind of sound to it, um, and the themes are weighty and I mean. To be frank, they're fairly depressing, and in particular, the um, uh, "Sleep Has His House" was written um, specifically as a response um, to David Tibbet's father's death. So the entire album on that one is a meditation on death. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not easy listening music. It's not. Um, it's interesting, uh, but but it has its place like i don't really you could just toss this on and like oh i'm just gonna cook dinner or something it's not (laughs) that kind of music um Mm. but it's it's no less um i think if you're into what we've been talking about this entire time for a year uh i i would say at least give it a listen um and see how it strikes you and I'm just All saying right. that, like in general rather in general. than to you specifically. Like, <laughs> right. Because I, 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 I will say right now that I think that you will just turn it off. <laughs> like it's not it, – it's barely my cup of tea. Like I can <laughs> I can withstand it for a while and then I can appreciate the, the, what it's doing uh, and then I have to like go do something else. <laughs> right. Switch. We're going to go back to David Bowie or something that's more, that's more my speed. Yes. But, um, yes, uh, help is on the way. I really, really liked the doctor's costume, these huge conical hats. It was very, very evocative. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the, the, uh, the forest spirits, um, they're done. It was all done in camera. Um, the effects, Mm -hmm. I, I found a, a bit of his, he was talking about like how he made the film and, even some of the actors in there, they're notable people. I don't know what other work this guy's done. Um, I, I just, he's short films, maybe. Um, I'd have to look, try to look it up. It's all stuff that was hard to find. But um, yeah, he, he's done. The set designs are really good. Um, his locations are like perfect um, for yeah. what he's created here. Um, and he just really loves the subject matter like he keyed in on a thing and is like 
I don't know if you could find a better distillation of of these kind of themes um, outside of short films. Mm-hmm. So. Right, because they, they the yes, because this is this is explicitly based on on feeling and mood, and that is something that you that is really hard to achieve in a long film format. Um, uh, like, because it is, it is so, it is laser focused on, on evoking specific feelings and, and emotions that any longer than five minutes could possibly lean over into being exhausting. Um, yes. And, uh, that's another aspect of even just this short thing. It's all, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dreamlike narrative, but it's serious mm-hmm. subject matter. There's right. a scene where she's getting electroshock therapy. Um, it, it comes off as like hard to watch actually. Um, mm-hmm. and then her, I, I did get a distinct um begotten vibe from it's showing her lover in his straight jacketed he's on a kind of a Hannibal Lecter sort of like um dolly you know where they hold someone up mm-hmm. on it um but he's being covered in like spider webs and is masked and it's uh or I don't think he's masked but he's just sort of stuck there um it it's that just real disquieting like you don't want to see that happening to someone right yeah so i think for i think for things for for um productions that are framed specifically around like we're going to jolt you jolt you with with emotion like this kind of emotional overload short film formats like this are this work otherwise people just couldn't deal with it it'd be it 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 would be like if 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 uh all of hereditary was the car scene uh and there was never a moment to breathe no one would be able to make it through that yeah and then the the parts of this uh and also uh while i did happen on it um the director had a few other short films i picked this one in particular because it it does moments um, in the beginning and then toward the end where it's showing the woods and then faces appear like an eye opens in a yes. tree. So those all um, recalled very directly uh, the story we just covered. And yes. I was like, I, I could not have hoped in a few minutes searches to find something more perfect than this thing. <laughs> like it, it distills so much of of Ligotti's work and echoes and mirrors the the tale we just looked at. So there's, there's nothing more perfect to like kind of wrap wrap it up in a bow. I mean, I, there's no better bow. Yes, agreed. Yeah, uh, I I think that that's it. We we may in fact be Ligotti'd out. Um, it only took us a year to do so. Uh, I've enjoyed every step of the way. And yes, it's been a lot of fun. It, it has, and we've had, uh, I think this helped solidify an appreciation for um, this t- type of tale. 
and furthermore for like the genre because I've ended up looking into so many other films and so much other media that I just would not have I would have missed like unless I was mm-hmm. doing a deep dive like we kind of did here right so. yeah um it's uh uh I've always had a I've always had an appreciation for uh weird fiction um um and Ligotti is is uh is an interesting figure in that in that he recalls so many things like once again I am an unapologetic uh Lovecraft fan and a lot of his work recalls that uh but there is that there is that core of his of his work that is essentially this terrible event has occurred and has passed and things might seem okay right now but at the end of the day everyone knows what what the end of the day is going to be and there is no escaping that so yes you 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 weren't uh you weren't drained by some uh spider musicians but you're going to die sooner or later no you weren't swallowed by a mass of extra dimensional plants uh and and your pain is being broadcast to all the members of your town but you're all gonna die anyway it's 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 a moment in time of extreme danger or existential threat but at and whether or not one uh escapes from that uh uh, or doesn't when when all is said and done there is only one possible end and that is something that you just have to deal with uh so as a as a weird fiction writer that is that was a uh new and interesting stance uh that has permeated his work and i have uh always i i i appreciate that quite a bit it is it is i wouldn't call it cynical it's just being a realist um and uh framing that with the horror of the unknown is uh, a fascinating combination so i do have to say that this trip through the works of thomas Ligotti has been um really fun and fascinating and and a good time despite the nature of his work i don't even know that if it's despite i think it's because of the nature of his work uh yes. that that how this hits um because of where we're sitting in the world today uh, where we began this and then where we ended this are are, are slightly different references of time uh, yes. we've had a global pandemic um in in the interim that's still ongoing uh, th- these works um they may be a little depressing they may be super pessimistic uh but there's also a, a catharsis in there and in you there's a catharsis in knowing that um as bad as things are like the the end of it is an ending. Yes. That it's not a great one, but it's the one that you get. 
Like, yep. like <laughs> no, no matter what. Um, so that, that finality, that peace, I guess, um, is its own sort of comfort. And we, you know, we talked about that a lot when we looked specifically, um, into his, his philosophies. Um, exactly. And I don't think that I feel any less about it, um, at this point now. Like they, mm-hmm. they land maybe better um, because of everything. So yeah, the the journey was well was well worth it. Um, that it took us a year to go through an entire anthology is uh, kind of planned out. I mean, we we knew going into it that we wanted something that would be longer term, and just we were able to pace basically by how many tales they were and, and how long it took to cover them uh, to, to kind of get to give us this length of window. So moving forward, we'll uh, try to key in on something similar. Um, we, we had that uh, previously um, almost to the exact same time frame um, with uh, Meldina. Uh, yes. With Melvina's therapy. It it escaped me momentarily, but um, <laughs> hitting on something like that again, I think, will be a, a, maybe a little more challenging, but not for like yes. um, dearth of content. There's so, so much out there. We'll we'll settle on a thing and uh, kind of do what we have uh, done to, for two years running. And hopefully a little further in the future, our our cycle has not yet ended. So yes, yes this was a this was a, a a great run. I really enjoyed all this, and um, it's been fantastic to just kind of take this journey not solo. Um, we had a, a good trip fit, and a little further appreciation of what each of the media were, um, just by taking the time to talk about them. Uh, yes, and I think that that was if I. If I were to take one thing from what we've discussed is that uh, just kind of tossing things around a little bit, turning them over in your head, giving them the second chance um, or or just a second read or a second watch. um, Sometimes that's all you need to like kind of click with something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I think that is something that uh, i hope that more people have the the uh luxury of doing because encountering a difficult piece of literature or uh, a piece of literature that you bounce off of and uh don't have anyone to to bounce your thoughts off of just ends up putting you in a position where you say, well, I didn't actually really like that. Well, why didn't you like it? Well, I, I have problems with this. And the, the, the inability to, to discuss uh, uh, stories that are not cut and dry um, is, is unfortunate. And I hope that if people decide to look into Legati's work after listening to the countless, countless hours that we've spent discussing it, I hope that you too have somebody that you can uh, bounce your questions off of and your uh, your concerns and all of that, because 
it it made this uh, infant infinitely more enjoyable than if I had sat down and just read these all by myself without um, knowing that I would have somebody to discuss it with. So it is once again been a lot of fun and uh, been a really good way of ingesting a lot of literature um, that I probably, you know, uh, would not have held in as high regard if I had done it by myself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's, there's these books work better, I think, in that setting of like book club or, or there's there's literary journals, um, Vastarian uh, being one very specifically that does uh, Legati and does kind of retrospectives and other short fictions. Um, I recommend that one. Uh, there's there's other media and it doesn't have to necessarily be Legati, um, but those that kind of style, if something's not jiving uh I mean, uh, hell, shoot us a note. We'll, I, I will gladly um, take a look at a, a, a story or a piece of media um, just to kind of be able to bounce some stuff back and forth um, with, with anyone, really. That's why we do the thing we do here. <laughs> That's the, the, whole, the whole kit and caboodle of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that we have anything further um, not immediately to to say this is a, a a good look back at kind of what we did for the last year, and I'm comfortable uh, with where we're sitting for this now. Um, yes, Leonard, did you have anything else? No, I'm I'm I think I've said that all that I I I needed to say. This was once again I uh, I came to you uh, with with Melvina's therapy uh, and was pleasantly surprised with how receptive you were to it uh you came to me with <laughs> with, with this uh, with all of this uh and uh i i was very very pleased um with with my time with it so yeah this has been once again a lot of fun we will uh as you mentioned be shifting into a bit of a transitory period the leonard and dave episode so the format may change for for a slight bit before we commit to another year-long expose into a piece of media but uh yeah i once again uh thoroughly enjoyed uh my time looking at the works of thomas legati and discussing it with you and uh i hope all of the listeners out there enjoyed our time discussing Thomas Lucati as well. Yes, that's that's our hope um, in this entire endeavor. So that being the case, I think that that will do us for this episode. Uh, Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs should they choose to contact you? Uh, pe people can find me at uh dr faust is dead on twitter uh searching obviously at dr faust is dead if you are interested in uh my old video work my monument to procrastination uh you, you can find me on uh youtube by searching dr faust is dead uh i swear i will do my level best to finish my next video before the end of the year, but I cannot make that promise, you know, things being the way they are. Uh, Dave, where can people find you on the internet if they're looking? 
They can find me pretty much exclusively on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. The uh, podcast has its own Twitter at mon underscore the monster. And you can also find any um, back episodes. Uh, there's a defunct blog thing that we should probably get back to sometime. Um, and and that's, that's kind of it on there. But uh, you can go to monsterdeer.monster uh, and find all of those fun things and our stuff. And our, of course, our, our every other week host, uh, Cameron, uh, he's also on Twitter. Um, at night underscore twitten that's night without a k and as 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 usual as always the links to all of these things will be in the show notes and for the the fun little um music video slash short film i'll put that on there as well yes but yes that is us wrapping it up and saying goodbye folks we will catch you next time bye bye all bye <laughs>